ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sporting 160 EM podcast, 125th episode. And it was uh, a poor day for us yesterday, but uh, we move and we've got a very special guest. But firstly, my name is Sam. I'm filling for Danny, who's currently in Portugal, was actually at the game yesterday, which I mean, didn't turn out too well for him, but it's always good to experience the atmosphere. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Ajax fan, um, Henke. Um, do you want to just introduce yourself and just let us uh, know a bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Henke, and I've uh, been in Ajax since I was 14. Uh, not bad. Well, actually, it is a long time ago, showing my age. Uh, back in 96, and I've uh, supported Ajax Ever since, the good times, bad times, I've also followed European football, including Portuguese, and I've uh, been following uh, other various <clears throat> teams across Europe. And, uh, yeah, I'm an avid Ajax fan, and I've also looked into other teams, equivalent, let's say, where they mirror uh, certain Dutch teams, such we have Ajax, Rivals Feyenoord and PSV. In Portugal, you have uh, FC Porto, Benfica, and, of course, Sporting Lisbon, with one or two outsiders over there, as well as in Holland and other places. And uh, I'm uh, just glad to be here. I saw the game last night. Naturally, I'm pleased with the result, but it's not over. Five games left, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a much better night for you than it was for us. Um, to everyone wonder where Chris is, he is currently getting his car served, serviced, probably back in sort of the next 10, 50 minutes. Um but before uh, we get into anything, uh, feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, follow uh, Henk on Twitter. Do you want to just promote your your Twitter at? Sure, it's at Ziorim, uh, Z-I-O-R-I-M. So feel free to follow. I sometimes follow back, so depending <laughs> on the person, as long as it's uh, verified and real, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're a nice bunch over here. Well, the majority of us, uh, we're, we're a nice bunch. But um, uh, while we wait for Chris, I will get um, straight into the game for now. I will just get the lineups on my screen. Just give me two seconds while I do that. Uh... So, yeah, we see the team for sporting. Adan, Neto, Gonzalo Inacio, who was brought off with an injury. Uh, Fidal, Pedro Porro, uh, Jacques Polina, Matus Nunes, Ruben Vinagre, Jovan Cabral, Paulinho and Nuno Santos. And um, I don't know if you wanted to run through the Ajax team um, quickly, because I don't want to butcher anyone, I want anyone's name to defend any of uh, the Ajax fans over there. Pasbia, Mazraoui, Yurin Timba, uh, Lissandro Martinez, Daily Blint, uh, Edson Alvarez, Gravenberg, uh, Steve Berghaus, Anthony, uh, Sebastian Holler, and Dusan Tadic. Yes. And so the final score, if you were wondering, was 5-1, as you can see. Um, Haller scoring uh, four goals of poker, which is actually he's a part of history now. Not many players to do that. And he's among the likes of, I believe, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and a few other legends, sort of, sort of like uh, Marco Van Basten and a few others. But yeah, um, before I give my opinion on the game, um, how do you feel from an Ajax standpoint? How did how did how did the game go? Obviously, um, a massive massive result for for you lot. Um, how did you feel the game was going to go before kickoff, and were you surprised, or what were your thoughts? Well, I was happy to come away with a draw, 
from uh, Sporting, but provided it wouldn't be something like the way of uh, 3-0 up and then being pegged back 3-3. Before the game, there were some concerns, uh, both at the back, a goal. Pasvier, who's uh, 37, he's slow, he's not for Champions League standard, as you saw when he conceded that silly goal. Uh, left back, Daily Blint. He's having a sort of a form crisis. And then you have, obviously, Holaire, who had all eyes were on him. Was he going to score? Was he going to deliver the goods? Or is he going to be static, as he uh, sometimes is in uh, previous games? And Ajax took their chances. As soon as they got them, they took them. And we're very pleased. First five minutes, bang. Minutes later... 2-0, and then obviously the 2-1, and restored, the feel-good factor was restored with the Berghaus, 3-1, and I just uh, thought half-time, okay, but uh, there's still a chance for Sporting to come back, even though I was very surprised at your high line. I thought uh, Sporting were more organised than that. Your defence was high up the pitch, playing the yeah, offside I, track. I thought we were more organised than that as well, to be fair. Um, what what usually happens is we've got Coates, which is the captain, to sort of like ground the people um like sort of lead the, the back line and I think without getting too much into my insight yet I think he was seriously missed and a lot of people remember Coates from like his Liverpool days and Sunderland but for us he's been absolutely fantastic one of the best centre backs in the league was voted league MVP last year so just like a sort of caliber player that you really don't want to miss for these type of games but sorry to interrupt but carry on no no it's fine um but I was also surprised I mean, you had the international, there were international games, and straight after the Porto versus Sporting game, then a few days later, a Champions League game. Now, the FA, the Portuguese FA, was I was wondering why would they put uh, such a massive game just after international break, where players are playing three games in a row. So that's one thing I couldn't understand that the Portuguese FA. Why would they do that? In any event, with Ajax and uh, Sporting. I thought Neto had a nightmare. Neto uh, and uh, Vinagre. Am I pronouncing it right? Vianagra? Yeah, Vinagre. 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 Yeah, he was tormented by Anthony. Anthony was just maliciously toying with him down that flank. And uh, Palinio is a quality striker, but he couldn't get the services from uh, Cablas, uh, <clears throat> number 10. The only the very good player that, I, I, that stood out for uh, sporting was Poro. I thought he did pretty well, mm -hmm. some degree. But unfortunately, the rest, and obviously Ignacio had to come off, and it just went haywire. Some people are critical of Adan, saying he could have done better with one or two of the goals. I don't think so. I think it was a defensive front of him. I think uh, Fedal is just too average for that uh, sporting side. Uh, I don't know what your, your followers or fans would would uh, think, but um, it was just I just saw him. And uh, as soon as every time Ajax came, he would just stand there and uh, hoping for some sort of in divine intervention. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking about this yesterday. We went on Twitter spaces for a, a few, for about half an hour. And like, is Fadal's decline is something that puzzles us because, yes, like last season, he was, I'm not going to say he was great by any means, but he wasn't bad. He was, did his job correctly. And, you know, we ended up winning the league. So that's fine. But from sort of the last few games onwards to this, uh, from last season onto this season, sort of either the uh, uh, decline in form or like a mental issue or a tactical issue, but he's just looked um, a bit, bit off it. I know he's, I believe he's 33, 34, so he's getting up there in age, but for a centre-back, usually they can go to 36, 37. So, I mean, 
Um, I just wanted to ask you as well. Um, my, one of my friends is a, a diehard West Ham fan. Um, he he taught Sebastian Halland when he it's not Sebastian Sebastian Haller, sorry, when he come came over to West Ham. Um, I know Ajax went through a bit of a, a, a clerical error last time by not registering for the Europa League. Um, what are Ajax's uh, thought, fans' thoughts on Sebastian Haller? Is is he someone, sorry if I don't keep up a, a lot up to date with Ajax, but is he someone who scores a lot? Is he is he liked by the fans? Just, well, he's a poacher. He's not a technical striker. He's definitely a poacher. Uh, you could say when he was in Germany, he was dubbed the second Lewandowski or the up-and-coming Lewandowski. Now, he scored four goals on his Champions League debut. The last player for Ajax to score four goals in the Champions League debut was Marco Van Basten. Although I think it's not fair to compare the two. <laughs> Van Basten, he uh, was a legendary striker. The Ivorian <clears throat> Sebastian Haller. It remains to be seen. And uh, so this is his uh, way of playing. Uh, he had his critics, as I said previously, but uh, now we want to see if he's going to be consistent game in game out in West Ham he was signed and then after the manager left at West Ham I believe David Moyes took over and then he decided to drop uh, Holaire and Holaire wasn't performing so well so Ajax signed him because there's an emergency signing we had a contract negotiation problems with a up-and-coming striker Brian Broby who's now at Leipzig warming the bench and so this was the case so now obviously everyone's happy with with him and there were punt, uh, punters, uh, critics in Holland who were who said that he's not good enough for this level. I even thought he wasn't good enough. There were Ajax fans who thought he wasn't good enough, but he's proved people wrong so far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're now joined um, by Chris. Um, Chris, I uh, just wanted to, if you want to mute yourself and just let us know your thoughts on the game um, from a sporting standpoint and also what do you think of Ajax as a team in general? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, well, first off, uh, I was getting my car serviced. I'm sure Sam told you guys, so that's why now I'm in my car. Um, my thoughts uh, were, I mean, it was just uh, catastrophic, right? It could it could have started worse, and um, the first minute and 20 seconds basically gave us a preview of what we were about to be in for. Um, but, I mean... What I thought of Ajax was I was very, very, very impressed with Ajax. Um, I thought Ajax was incredibly dynamic going forward. Um, several individual performances stood out to me, obviously. Um, Holler, obviously, Anthony, um, you know, a lot of good players in that Ajax team um, and deserved winners on the night. Um, not even not even close, not even a conversation. Uh, but from the sporting end, uh, it's, it's disappointing, obviously. It's a disappointing way to start. There's only three home games. We all know um, this is one of them. It feels wasted. Um, you wonder what it's going to do to the team's morale as they have another tough game for the league coming up this weekend where they really can't afford to, to, to drop any more points to try to keep pace. Um, so, yeah, it's a real it's a real gut check for, for MOD and, and for the uh, for this 2021-22 sporting team very early into the campaign. Yeah, I mean, pretty much um, summed it up. Um, I'm going to get into a few Twitter questions because a lot of them are related to the game um, anyway. So let me just swap that tab um, on the I'm screen. Gonna, uh, I'm going to drive home, Sam, so I'm going to turn my cam off. But uh, my mic, I got, feel free to ask me. I'm still I'm still here. I'm just, I realize there's no way for me to drive and hold this up with, with one hand. But it'll That's be like okay. 10 minutes. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so let me just get this um tab up um so uh 
Pretty, this guy pretty much wanted to, uh, Paul Rodriguez wanted to rank uh, from worst to the less worst, I guess, from game plan, coaching, tactics, um, subs, uh, defense, attack, offense, just just basically what you thought the game was. And Chris, if you don't mind, I'll start this one off. Um, I'm going to go. So we spoke about this yesterday and a lot of people were saying that Amorim was stubborn to um, keep his game plan the same way what it was. And I agree, when you lose your best players in due to injury and Inacio comes injured, I feel like playing five at the back, especially with a team like Ajax, where fast wingers like Anthony and Haller for his size, is still quite a fast player and they have fast players all around. Um, I feel like he's just a recipe for disaster and it did turn out to be that way. Um, I think you can attest it to be Amorim being stubborn, which we've, um, if you not follow our account, we... That is literally one of like the main problems with him. He's always so stubborn. He just doesn't change tactics when he wants, uh, when we need even. Um, but yeah, I would <laughs> say the the tactical errors was, was definitely um, the, the highest. But I think we do have to sort of get, give a bit of leeway. Sebastian Coates was obviously out injured, who was league MVP last season and was by far our best defender and probably one of our best players. Um, Pote as well, um, out injured, might require surgery, definitely out for us the real... Um, timeline race to be seen and obviously Gonzalo Inacio who isn't the best centre back but definitely you can see how worse it got when he came out and it had to be Neto for Darwin as Gaiu and later on uh, as um, Neto uh, for Dal and Matthew's race um, but I, in, in my opinion I think he did need to change his tactics but at the end of the day we were already going in um, to to uh, pretty much to, to lose with, with the team we had. And that's not anyone's fault. It's just due to injuries. Um, Henke, did you have the, what, what do you think was the, the issue with sporting or did you think it was just more Ajax's game plan being better than ours? Well, I think just think Ajax took their chances and Ajax was just determined because the past two seasons, we were knocked out of the group stages and uh, felt, especially two seasons ago where it was unjustifiable. So this time, and there are still over half the team left from that uh, quote-unquote one-season wonder team. As for sporting, well, they were undefeated, as I understand it, for between 34 to 36 games at home. Is that correct? Yeah, we've not lost a game at home. I think that th was the 36 in the league, at least. The last game we lost at home was actually Europa League qualifying last year, or, or 2020, sorry, yeah, um, against LSK Lask, where we lost 4-1. So... We don't have the best uh, European record at home under Marim at the moment. Right, I, I don't think they were expecting such a high risk, uh, high tempo from Ajax. When Ajax just went in straight away, bang, bang, bang. Uh, they were expecting, uh, obviously, usually the first game of the Champions League, both sides are cautious, but Ajax uh, played their own game and uh, just took no prisoners while sporting. Uh, they had to uh, do damage control. Well, I thought. In my mind, the Ajax were going to have to do damage control because of uh, Polinio up front. And then, of course, you've got that uh, Polinia in midfield who was linked with Tottenham. So you could say it was a bit of both, but I wouldn't go say it was due to injuries because Klassen was also injured. And he's uh, one of our key players at number 10 for Ajax. While Stecklenburg was out, he's a little bit slow. And Onana, our main goalkeeper, who's banned until early November, Pazvir technically was the third goalkeeper. So he was uh, really the last one. So it really, it's, it is a bit of both, but I think one can't blame injuries on either side. 
or suspensions. And I know Coates is an influential defender. He's a leader. He marshals the defense. But when again, you know, uh, the man, that's where the manager comes in and he has to sort that out. Uh, he had two players coming back, both Thomas and Ignacio. Uh, unfortunately, Ignacio had to come off, but I don't know if that was maybe rushing the player back. But as I said, there are the sporting have to reflect on some of their players. Are they good enough for this level? Is Fidel good enough? What on earth happened to Cabral um, <clears throat> at number 10? So those are the things that they have to question, uh, perhaps reshuffle or regroup. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Chris, did you have anything to, to add, on, add on that um, train of thought? Yeah, it actually got me thinking uh, about like a little thought experiment. Um, you know, just like uh, if, if we're thinking about the tactics, uh, you know, let's say they went four for two. I, I still think Netu and Fidal, the center back pairing, if they performed in the same way that they performed yesterday, it still would have been disastrous uh, in a four four two. You know, uh, at the end of the day, like I, I feel like, um, I feel like it's on the individuals um and and the and the and the individual performances more than this is on Amorim to, to be honest um yeah and, and uh Hanky yeah, has made a great point uh with the Ajax injuries as well i mean missing uh, as many uh, important players as we are you know like two to three i mean that's basically how many we're missing right um so yeah not not an excuse um like the like the the squad is not built the squad is short the squad doesn't have the right depth uh, yeah i mean that's a fair argument to make but um it, it's it's different than uh you know different than blaming just certain players being out of the squad um yeah fidel neto um you know even as guy at center back just i mean i don't know if as guy was practiced there at all or if that was his first time ever but i mean he was he was very very out of position often yeah, and it was just it was just shambolic at the back, literally from the first minute. Um, and yeah, you know maybe if uh, the Paulinho his knee is marginally more on, uh, maybe if the the one that hits the inside of the post, similar to how Ajax scored the first goal, bounces back and Sarabia gets it, and it's what well, that would have been four three. Like if the first goal counted, like I don't, I guess like yeah, it, it comes down to Ajax took their chances, incredibly efficient, um, you know. Uh, f- five goals from 2.5 expected goals. Like that's incredibly efficient finishing, taking your chances, getting the lucky breaks and just overall being the better team, taking the initiative from the first minute of the game. Yeah. Uh, spot on for me as well. Um, I feel like it's unfair just to blame um, injuries. Ajax were f- fantastic on the night and, you know, they've got some quality plays in there. Um, Anthony uh, I've seen before and has obviously been touted to quite a few teams as well. Um and they've just got recognisable players like that. Um, Gravin Birch as well is is someone who's who's linked to, to big moves all the time. Just going back to that starting lineup, I'm looking at Daily Blind, obviously experienced to play for Man United. Tadic as well, very experienced in in Champions League games. They've just got such an experienced team, and at the end of the day, they they turned up better than we did. And there's no making excuses for it. It's something that Amorim's got to definitely look into a bit more. Is, is it him? Is it the players he picked? Um, and yeah, um, I'll go on to the next question. Um, I'll go for this one. Um, I'll ask you, uh, Henke, do you think, um, where do you think Sporting will, will finish? And you can be completely unbiased like, just because you're on this podcast doesn't mean you have to a- agree with us. But do you think we're going to struggle to get the, say, let's say, third, second? Do you think it's going to be rock bottom? Or, or what do you think? Where do you think Ajax will finish as well? 
Well, of course, I do believe that Ajax will finish top. However, I still think uh, it's an open, an open group, the group of life, as I call it, not the group of death. And Borussia Dortmund, yeah, sure, they've got uh, Erling Haaland, they have uh, Bellingham, but they have as awful defence, more holes in it than a Swiss cheese. Unbelievable. I watched them versus Bayer Leverkusen. They won 4-3. Three silly goals conceded. They're clinical up front, but if you're going to concede goals at the back, you're asking for trouble. And that trouble, it could be Sporting Lisbon. Uh, Outsiders, Besiktas, who knows? It's uncharted. It really is unpredictable. I mean, nobody could have predicted 5-1 Ajax. And uh, nobody can predict the home game. Uh, Ajax are much better away than they are at home. So that's some hope for Sporting. I still think Sporting have a chance to qualify. I don't. Uh, it's very difficult at this point, but I think it's open up for grabs for anyone. Besiktas, they may have lost 2-1. They could have had more than the defeat. They could have got nicked another goal. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see, but don't fear Borussia Dortmund. Sure, they've got Erling Haaland but, and Bellingham, but what else have they got? If they haven't got those two players, if those two players are missing, they're in big trouble. Yeah, definitely. I'm just going to have to correct you on one thing because it will, you might get a few Twitter DMs. Uh, Sporting Club of Portugal, not Lisbon, is a very massive thing between Sporting fans. Personally, I don't, I don't really care. I say it to English people because they understand Sporting Lisbon more than Sporting Club of Portugal. Much easier to say as well. So don't feel like pressured. You have to say it. Or just sporting. Sporting is fine too. Yeah. Just... yeah. Like yeah. Arsenal. Arsenal. We don't say Arsenal London. We say Arsenal. Correct. Yeah, correct. That's pretty much our argument for it. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one off. But yeah, you might get a few tweets about that one, I'm afraid. So I do apologise. Um, but um, Christian, uh, third place, fourth place, where where are we going to finish? Can we still finish top, do you think? Uh, I think this is going to be one of those groups where, like, the team that finishes first is going to have, like, 10 points. And it's going to be very narrow because, like, different teams are going to beat other teams that have lost to other teams. Like, each match day is, is very unpredictable. I think the main thing that factors into the equation for me as far as, like, what are our chances of, uh, you know, uh, remaining in Europe, period, is uh, is the Sheikdas. Um They... They they did lose two one uh, at home to to Dortmund, so they've 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 dropped their first home game as well. But I mean, they they did have some moments. Um, the uh, the goal it was two nothing, and they scored at stoppage time, so it, it is kind of making it look a little bit better than it was. But I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't that bad from Besiktas. I think the two games for Sporting against Besiktas are going to be critical. Uh, and I think that that is probably going to determine whether or not they finish third or fourth. Um, and if uh, so, yeah, I, I think that the uh, it's between us and Besiktas, third or fourth, how we perform. Um, obviously, like we can go out and finish second if we get a result against Dortmund, for example. But um, based on uh, our first game, it, it's tough to predict us beating Dortmund in Germany. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If it was, if we lost five one to Ajax away, I can sort of stomach it a bit better than what happened because. We, we are known of having such a, a big fan base and our fan base, and I know Ajax is as well. So it's pretty much, you know, it's going to be pretty much even for both of them. But we'll go on to the next question. It might, it might be the final one. Um, should we be planning Europa League parade for May instead of a Champions League parade? Um, 
Chris, we spoke about it a bit earlier, but we found out that um, that basically whoever finishes third in the Champions League will go and play a playoff game against a second team in the Europa League who finishes second. So, for example, Leicester Napoli play tonight. We could get either one of those two if they finish second or just anyone, any good team that's in the Europa League could finish second. Uh, Chris, if we do drop down, um, how, how do you see us doing in the Europa League? I know it's a bit early to ask that, but do you think we, we will be all right in there? Yeah, I mean, we, I, I think that depending on who we draw, uh, I think that we definitely could, uh, any team from, any team, you typically the rule is any team that coming down from the Champions League typically has uh, a chance to make a run. Um, you know, we've never made a run in the Champions League, literally, in the history of the club. So I'd love to see that. But uh, based on match day one, making a run in the Champions League, it, it's not easy. It's not for everyone, and uh, maybe it's not for us this season. But obviously, it's still very. We will, we will see. We will see what happens. But uh, you know, we, we at the at the end of the day, after six six of these matches, uh, I think a lot of us may be relieved to see us, you know, finish in third place because I think it is going to come down to the final match day, um, no matter what. Yeah. Um... I, th- I think probably a bit too early speak, speaking of Europa League, but um, I mean, obviously you want to get second place in Champions League. First place is going to be a bit difficult. Because when you just look at, um, say, if Ajax um, say lose to Dortmund or whatever, they're still going to have a, a better goal difference on us. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, your Champions League might be based on like... Um, oh, our goal difference is, sh- is shot. <laughs> yeah, so unless we are beating Bajikas 4-5-0, I mean... It does, doesn't look promising. Um, yeah, um, that, that's it for the Twitter questions. Uh, f- we're going to go into a, a full review of the game quickly. Um, I'll just see if I can get the goal point ratings up. There we go. Let me just share my screen. Uh, cool. So we've got um, the ratings for um, the, the, the both teams. Um Apparently, Matthews Rice was our man of the match, according to um, goal point. Haller obviously getting the poker, getting a 9.7. Henke, looking at this this graphic we're seeing now, um, do you feel like um, you were anyone should be rated higher? And what were your overall opinions of the Ajax game? Well, I think Daily Blint, slightly a bit higher. I mean, that was very risky. um, The right back, as he was coming forward, and he shot deflection. It could have been a goal, but it wasn't for Daily Blint. I thought that's a little bit too uh, generous for him. He's like he's having some sort of form crisis, and he's more of a centre back. But Lissandro Martinez is just too good, and that's forced Daily Blint to move to left back position. Obviously, you've got Yurin Timber, but apart from that, I see the rest as uh, fair. Definitely Holler with the four goals. I mean, that was just amazing. He hit the headlines everywhere. He was trending. Uh, this game was trending on Twitter, and of course, it was brutal on on your side because the fans were not happy with the coach. They were not happy with certain players, and uh, it was just going on and on. But I think that rating is pretty fair. And um, yeah, Cabral with his low rating, I can understand that. Am I pronouncing it right? The number ten, Cabral. Uh, yeah, Cabral, Juan Cabral. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he had a poor time. 
he, uh, he was outplayed in midfield. He had no chance to give Paulinho any balls. The winger, Poro, yeah, he did well. He uh, kept going forward, kept being menacing on that side. And, uh, of course, uh, Vinagra, the right back, the left back, pardon me. <clears throat> yeah, he was just no match for Anthony. Anthony was just on fire, couldn't touch him. And uh, so I believe the ratings are pretty good. They're generally fair. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I know you're, you're driving, obviously, but I think you had a, a chance to look at these beforehand. Um, like I said, Matthews Rice getting a 5.8. Second highest was uh, Matthews Noons at 5.5. Worst performers were rated 4.0, Vinagre and Adan. Uh, ratings fair. Um, and what were your overall thoughts on the game since we've not really had that from you yet? Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't really know how Mateus Reyes got the, uh, the highest rating. Um, I guess Mateus Nunes was lacking in some other areas. And truthfully, Mateus Reyes didn't have as many minutes to destroy his rating uh, earlier in the game. Because <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's come on uh, after a lot of the, the worst has already happened. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not good enough. Yeah, uh, the special shout-outs of, of not good enough is Vinagd, right? I, I see a lot of people putting up the red siren, red alert about Vinagd, um, mainly due to the his his on-loan nature and the nature of his price tag. Um, he basically, if, basically what he's shown this season in his five appearances or whatever is that he's a, he's a good player with potential, that is nowhere near that valuation right now. Basically, he's valued at 20 million euros, 10 for 50%. I mean, he's not worth that. He's worth like five, maybe. You know, he's a good prospect. Um, but for a full-time starter in the Champions League, he's no Nunez, I'll say that much. Um, yeah, I, I, the, 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 the other problems, the center backs, the, you know, Netu, Asgayo, Fidal, I mean... There, there's no one else. There, no one's coming in. You know, like this is this is our squad. We can reinforce in January, but at that point, what? Like five of the six match days will be done. Maybe all of them. Like, uh, I, th I think all of them actually. You don't get reinforcements, you know, until the knockout round. So, I mean, like this is this is our squad. Uh, maybe you know Jose Marsa, a 19 year old kid who's currently injured in the B team, works his way up. But like. The only people coming in are, are, are kids from the academy, you know? Like, this is, this, is, this is the side. So, I just think that Netu, Fidal, they need to, they need to step their game up because we, we need them. You know, they were, they were important last season. They stepped in. Netu stepped in so many times and was critical in so many big games. Like, he needs to be better. Fidal was a, a starter, reliable starter all season. This season is just not good enough so far. I mean... I'm not, I don't, not, I, like, are they over the hump of their careers? You know, you could look at their ages and start to say, you know, maybe they're done. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, they're, they're showing warning signs, uh, and the sirens are certainly flashing. And uh, I think Fidel has one more year. We have an option on his contract next season. So, if he's shite, I mean, we got to let him walk, you know? Yeah, um, I pretty much agree. Um, looking at the ratings, I think pretty much all of them are fair. When you lose 5-1, there's not really... You can't really give anyone over a, a sort of a, a 6 or a 7. But I think Matthias Nunes was, I think, higher than a 5.5. I thought he was pretty much the only one trying. I know he wasn't perfect, made mistakes, but 
I think he was the one that sort of like dictated everything in midfield. Polina had a really off game, which is really, really unlike him. Um, and Matus Nunes sort of had to pick up the slack. Uh, the wingers were just completely irrelevant. Nuno Santos and Jovan, I couldn't tell you what they did because um, none of them did pretty pretty much anything. Vinagre, I'm, I, I was the worst performer for me, I would say. Um, some of the most of the goals came from his side, and there was that one where it was a ball over the top, and he just completely lost direction of the ball, and it went in for for another Haller goal. And I mean, I'm just just looking at the team. Dan, I think, harsh to give a 4.0, but he did concede five. But I don't think any of them were his fault. It was just poor defending. Um, like Chris said before, Ezgayo being a, a makeshift centre back. I mean, we complained about Matthews Rice, but at least he's he's had a few games there, sort of used to it, so he, he knows his stuff. Um, Paulinho, Chris, I wanted to get your thoughts on because he scored one, could have been two. Um, we like to give Paulinho his his fair share of slander, being the club's record signing. But um, Chris Paulinho, was it a good Paulinho game? Considering we lost five one, but he he did technically score two. Uh, yeah, as far as the sliding scale of Paulinho games, this was a uh, above-average Paulinho game. Um, he's got a goal. He's, he's nearly got two. It's very, it's very suspicious. Uh, and for here, here's why it's suspicious for me. There's a defender. All the angles that I've seen, if UEFA had another angle, perfect. That's fine. It's tough to tell where the ball is released because there's a defender blocking his foot. So it's tough to tell exactly where the ball is released. And then if it's tough to tell the ball is released, like, yeah, he's off by a centimeter, a millimeter. It's tough to tell, right? So if it's that close and you can't really tell when the ball is released, I always lean. If it's that close, let it stand. But UEFA had other ideas. Um, it's unlucky on his part. It's a great header. I mean, he's like 16 yards out when he heads it. I mean, that's a, that's a great header. Looping over the keeper. Uh, really good finish um, and if you'll remember actually earlier in the first half like the only two chances like that we had like like reaching the goal were, were Paulinho's shots like with his left foot um, and one of them actually like he actually made decent contact with it and almost went in so yeah like Paulinho was <laughs> Paulinho showed some signs of life that that he that he that he hasn't he, he scored one I honestly have no complaints about Paulinho uh, in this game yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much spot on. I'm just going to share um, my screen of the offside because I wanted to get Hank's opinion on it as well. Um, so it was, was was obviously a very tight offside, and I'm not sure how much you follow um, Portuguese League, but we love to complain about referees um, and offsides. But, I mean, looking at that from base value, what were your thoughts? Um, it was a good header, but like, what were your thoughts on the whole play and the offside call in general? Well, yeah, it was just offside. As you can see, just half a yard offside. Uh, referee made a good decision, uh, but it was good positioning. Uh, like I said, Palinia, he's a quality striker. And um, so when it was 3-2, and I thought, okay, hello, VAR, where are you? And in it came, and I thought, it must be, because the camera kept rolling, replaying. And, yeah, he could see on the line, his, uh, his leg just out, sticking out there. Uh, see what I'm saying, though, that you can't really see the ball, though? Well, you can so, see like, the ball being how, played how does... just about as it leaves his foot, as you can see. It just leaves his foot, and Palinio's foot is just stuck out on the offside trap. Um, it's controversial. To be fair, no, it's... in this freeze frame, in this freeze frame, he does look a slightly offside from this freeze frame. 
I would contend though, is this freeze frame the, the correct moment though? That that's it is, all that I'm saying. As you can see, the player playing the ball in, it's just left his foot as Polinho's foot is uh, just stuck out of the off offside trap. So he got it right. Uh, usually VAR is against the Ajax a lot of the times, so this was a nice change. They've been um they, they've <laughs> been very they've been very cutthroat, I feel like, in the Champions League with the VAR this season. Very cutthroat. Compared to UEFA, compared to the Euro, where they kind of like were very were very lax with the VAR and like leaned in favor of let it play, let it play, let it go, let it stand. In the Champions League, it feels like they're very cutthroat. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, at least in this edition of the Champions League. Well, yeah, there's been yeah, a lot of goals disallowed. So not only this one, but, but other games. Yes. Yeah, it was five three, and the VAR had another look and ruled it out for Man City, and Tottenham went through. It was cruel. So yeah, it's brutal. It's a. Uh, more intense in the Champions League because it's the elite competition. It's the cream de la creme, as they say in France. So, of course, they're going to focus more on it. All eyes on the Champions League. So VAR is more used. Uh, um, in some leagues, it's used more. In some leagues, it isn't. But uh, in the Dutch League, it's uh, definitely being used. But obviously, the Champions League, I agree with you, more than the Europa League. Europa League... It's not taken as seriously because uh, deep down, people know it's like more of a benchmark winning the Europa League than you get into the Champions League. Villarreal, uh, previous teams such as Sevilla and so on. But the Champions League, a whole different ballgame. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. From that angle, it did look offside. And that was when we tweeted on our podcast account. Um, at first glance, watching it, I mean, I because I'm a bit biased to sporting, I, I was adamantly was was onside, but but having time to sort of review it, I could sort of see why it was given offside. Um, but um, that's pretty much all we had time for for the game. Um, Henke, I just wanted to get your opinion on your next game, which is against uh, Bajitkas at home. Um, you, you watched the Bajitkas game. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, are you confident? Um, just let us know your thoughts. I'm cautiously optimistic. Obviously, Ajax will be at home. They're not as good as they are away. It's against Besiktas. Uh, sneaky side, as we saw against Dortmund. But uh, I think it'll be somewhat comfortable for Ajax. I can't make a prediction at the moment, but generally it'll be somewhat comfortable. Ajax have tremendous strength and depth than they have had in a very long time. Taliafico Blint, left back. Rensch and Mazraoui, right back. Berghaus and Klaassen, number 10. Anthony Neres on the right, Tadic and the new signing Dirami, and Holler and Danilo behind him. Tadic can play there. Uh, Alvarez and Taylor coming behind him. Hrabenberg, Kudus coming back from injury. I'm going on and on, and it's probably your fans thinking, what the hell is he talking about? But there's a lot of strength and depth at Ajax. And uh, so I'm cautiously optimistic by a two, at least a two goal margin. But I would be, I'm going to follow the Dortmund sporting game. I think it'll be. Uh, a nail-biter. I'm expecting a nail-biter. I'm not expecting a one-sided victory for Borussia Dortmund. I do expect Sporting to just go for it. They've got pride at stake, uh, Champions League at stake. They want to turn the balance of the deficit by minus four goals in the league, in the group stages. That's my view. Yeah, um, I just had one more question, and it's a bit of an out-of-left-field uh, one because it's not to do with the game. 
But um, something Sporting and Ajax had in common was a player called Nemanja Kudelj. And I have been to the Ajax Stadium and to Amsterdam. Very lovely place, very lovely stadium. I have to question, though, um, Nemanja Kudelj has got his, his, his part of the, the Ajax Hall of Fame. How like good was he for you, and and why is his like Hall of Fame? Is it the same Gadelsh that I'm thinking of, or is it like a, a Gadel as a Serbian Serbian midfielder? Yeah, he was horrible uh, out of Ajax. He even blocked <laughs> fans on Twitter. He's uh, got um, he was a not... Hall of Fame lock, locker. When I went there, I've got I've, I've got a picture somewhere. But um, yeah, he has a Hall of Fame locker in in Ajax in Amsterdam Stadium. Huh? Okay, uh, I'm not sure if we're talking about the same Goodell, because Goodell flopped big time at Ajax. Uh, I was thinking Ziegler, Marvin Ziegler, who came from the Ajax youth and played for Sporting. <laughs> That's the one I'm yes. thinking of, that that guy. And he had a lot to say about both sides. But, uh, yeah, if you could send me that. Uh, what's his first name? Uh, Nemanja. Nemanja Goodell, I believe. Uh, Chris yeah, he on is... That. I'm not sure if he's in the league of fame or anything. I mean, he's, he came he's still active. He plays in. He plays for. Uh, he won the he Europa League last Sevilla, year, right? I thought he, he plays in China. He, last time I read, he, he was in he China. Did. He did, didn't he? Yeah, we bought him from. We loaned him from China. I think after yeah. he, Seville bought him because he was a yeah. free agent. Maybe it's free agent. Uh, I'm not too sure, but yeah, I just wanted to ask that. I'll, I'll send it if I can find it. Um, but just to, to go on in back on topic, Chris, we face Dortmund next. Haaland, scary, good form. Bellingham is is, is a, a great player as well. Um, I, I for one, I'll just go out there. I am nervous for this game. If we, no disrespect to Ajax, but uh, sorry, no disrespect to ha Haller, but Haaland is a quality striker and definitely can create chances for himself. And you know, Marco Royce as well. I know he's injury prone, but he, he's, he's still a great player. Chris, how nervous are you about this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty nervous. Uh, I think that I think that uh, they don't. I mean, they don't need to get up. They don't need to do anything to to survive. But uh, I think that a point would be very useful. Um, it would prevent Dortmund from pulling away. It would uh, it would get us on the board. It would change the tide of like the dynamic of the group. So yeah, I think a point would go a long way here. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's it doesn't get easier, right? Uh, they've had a tough tough go uh, at home, and now they get to go on the road and uh, against another good team. Uh, it'll depend if you know who's healthy, what our what our squad looks like in two weeks' time. Hopefully, Pot's back. Um, Watts should be back. I don't know. Inasiu, I saw that they don't know how long he's going to be out. Could be anywhere from a couple days to a couple weeks. So that means nothing to me. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll see. But there's going to be there's going to be pressure for sure to 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 perform despite the difficulty. Yeah, and I mean, I was just going to talk about the predictions we made last time. Uh, believe it or not, none of us predicted to lose five one. Um, I don't think anyone predicted us to lose actually. So. We're going to cancel that one and we're going to pretend we never made a prediction. So everyone gets no points. Um, I believe I said 1-0. I think Steph said 2-1. I can't remember what you said, Chris, but I'm pretty sure it was either a win or a draw, right? I think one nothing maybe. <laughs> Danny might yeah. have predicted a draw, though. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so pretty much it definitely came out of left field. But um, 
I don't know if, if any of you two have any more thoughts in the game. Um, Henke, thank you for joining us. Obviously, uh, great, great pleasure to have you on. Great speaking to you. Um, but do you have any more thoughts just in general? Anything you wanted to speak about? Yeah, I thought that was a really bad sign at the very beginning, uh, the last day of the transfer window, losing your key player, Nuno Mendes. I mean, this happened to Ajax in 2004 when Zlatan Ibrahimovic left at the last day. And Ajax was supposed to get a replacement. Didn't go through because of the at the time the player, Kone, failed a medical. And when I saw Nuno Mendes, someone said that his uh, understudy is better, much better than him. He mentioned Nuno Santos, but I believe Nuno Santos is more of a left winger than a, uh, a left back. So I think this is a great loss. I think they should have had something pr to prepare. I think they should have sold him before the actual transfer window shut. Uh, but let's hope uh, Sporting will uh, give Bo Dortmund and Besiktas a run for their money and uh, give a, a good game. Remember, take your chances. If you're listening out there, Sporting players, just take your chances. And who knows? Yeah. Um, I've just sent the photo across to you now. I'm going to get up on screen. I'm going to see a lovely image of my face in a second. Um, right there. Let me just get it up. Boom. Is that so? Well, I can't see if you can see that at the top, but um, number 27, Gadelge. Yeah. Is that the same Gadelge that was played played for, for, you, for you and us, or is that a different different player? Yes, I believe that's the same one, but uh, I'm not sure what the, the fame. I mean, a lot of players have this. <laughs> this is, is this out? Is this uh, recent or is it outdated? So that, that this was when so just before the pandemic, so sort of January 2020, December 2019. So I mean, okay. there were some good names listed next to him, which I mean, I remember sending it to Danny and Chris. And I like, uh, he was captaining first. Serbia at this most recent round of international games. Uh, to be fair to him, yeah, just thought so. It definitely is the same Gadel. It's not someone that we've just like missed in in Ajax history that it puts, shares the same name. I think he's got a brother, but uh, I don't think his brother is as good as him. That's definitely him. I can recognize his face. Uh, so, yeah, I'll look into that and I'll check your um, the picture you sent me. Hall of uh... Famer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. That, that pretty much sums it up. Um, thank you for joining us, Henke. Chris, as always, Likewise. thank you for joining us. Um, feel free to follow Henke on Twitter if you want to give your Twitter a shout out again. Feel free. It's fine. Uh, I think uh, they'll after this game, then uh, I'll retweet and uh, who knows what will happen. I'll definitely follow Portuguese football, as I always have. And uh, good luck going forward. Thank you, Henke. Yeah, same to you as well. Hopefully we beat you in the second leg. No hard feelings. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, feel free to follow us on Twitter, sporting160 underscore EN. Same as Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. Feel free to subscribe to us on YouTube, give us a like, just let us know what you thought of the podcast, and thank you all for joining us. We shall see you next game, which should be against Estoril, who are currently second above us and Porto. So again, thank you for joining us. See you next time. Best of luck. Cheers. Bye-bye.